Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CX Cast. I'm your co-host, Angelina Janis, joined by Andrew Hogan, as always. Hey, Andrew. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and today, a third in our company. Well, she's recently joined our company at Forrester. This is Colleen Fazio. She is a senior analyst on the CX research team with Andrew. Hey, Colleen. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you're excited because we are ready to grill you for the next 15 <laughs> minutes or so, because our audience loves your research coverage area, but I'm going to let you introduce it. Do you mind telling us what you have come to Forrester to research and to advise our clients on? Sure. So I cover what are called voice of the customer programs, which is basically all of the customer comments that come in through surveys, social media, contact center, all of that customer data, and how do you do something with it? And related to that, there's also a lot of vendors in the space who help companies make sense of that data and collect that data. So I'm most looking at how you build a program, but then also the vendors that support those programs. Okay. So there's understanding what VOC is. You're going to teach us that. There's understanding how to run a VOC program. That's a whole nother game. I mean, this sounds like a handful. Colleen, it sounds like you've got a number of different parts of this. You've got, you know, how to build a program. You've got the different tools and technologies to use. You've got, you know, what do you, what do you do with this? What sort of is in your background that helps you to do these things? What have you sort of done in the past in the same area? Sure. So I'm a relatively new entrance to the customer experience area, but my background comes from a lot of different context, working in marketing, communications, writing, and foreign policy. And what's always sort of driven my career is my potential to have an impact in people's lives and my potential to grow, which is really what brought me to Forrester because I think it's a great opportunity to enrich both of those areas. In foreign policy, as an analyst, you're basically doing the same kind of analysis that you're doing at Forrester, taking a lot of information, making sense of it, and telling smart people what to do with it. That was really great training for the analyst work here at Forrester. Most recently, I worked for an international not-for-profit here in the Boston area and got to do a lot of different things in customer experience. As anyone who's worked for non-for-profits knows, you get to do a lot of things because there are not enough people to do all of the things. So most recently, I ran a CX team there. I started their CX practice, and I had UX under me, user experience. And we so we really focused on the digital experience, both a digital product that we launched while I was there, but also the digital website experience, running abandoned cart intercept surveys and doing some product research. And that was a really great experience that has brought me to Forrester. So you're going to kind of look at the relationship between, you know, different potential warring entities or frustrated different countries, companies, maybe, I, I don't know, are you going to, you're going to bring some of that to the, uh, the different tribes within uh, CX? I don't know about warring entities, but it's forward looking. It's what does all this mean? This is happening now, but what do we do about it to be ready to react and to position ourselves for success in the future? And that was a lot of sort of the US foreign policy reactive stuff that we were working on that is very similar to taking, you know, customer feedback in. This is what we're hearing. How do we react to it? That makes sense. And I know also in your previous role, you had, like you said, you had UX working sort of with you. You had some exposure to maybe different kinds of, of methods. I know we'll get into that a little bit more later, but what are the different methods that you actually ended up using there to roll together? 
Yeah, so we were lucky. We had a lot of remit to do what we wanted to do. So we were doing web intercept surveys to collect voice of the customer. We were also using heat mapping to see how customers were moving through our website and marrying that up with the surveys. So we were trying to figure out here's what we see and here's why that's happening. We were doing some abandoned cart intercepts to understand why people dropping out at certain points of the funnel. So really taking that journey level approach. Also worked with a contact center to you know establish some closed loop processes based on some web surveys that we were doing. And then more broadly, Oddly, you know, we did some membership NPS survey. So I also had that larger membership look as well, doing a you know beacon metric survey. So you talked about qual, quant, behavioral, attitudinal, from the contact center to the site analytics. It sounds like you got it from a lot of different sources. Yeah, I was extremely fortunate to have so much opportunity to sort of play, as they say, in those different areas. I think it's really going to help me because a lot of our customers are in the same, our clients are in the same place where they're trying to do a lot of things at once, trying to bring in the contact center, trying to get that digital survey launched. So I, I've been there, I've been in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the challenges is that a lot of teams trying to stand up VOC maybe are thinking in a very narrow way of what they're trying to achieve. Do you think in your research here at Forcer, you're going to be exploring, you know, standing up a VOC program in terms of what in a broader sense would make it successful. So, you know, not just being too narrow in your thinking of what VOC is and how how to think about the the business. Yeah, I think for a long time, VOC was a lot of surveys. And as we all know, survey rates are dropping. People are not as inclined to take surveys. In a lot of ways, we're seeing a lot of convergence with the contact center and CX. And I'm really interested in looking at best practices around that and helping our clients think about how to work across what in a lot of companies is still two silos, CX and the contact center. Because CX can really leverage a lot of that data. It's free data coming in through contact center calls. But there's also an employee engagement aspect with helping the contact center feel empowered to close the loop and understand what makes a good employee, a good customer experience. So there's a lot of synergies there that I'm looking at, looking at, as well as a technology to support speech and text analytics. I think the vendors are really pushing the space and they're pushing our clients to think about more than surveys because the offering from the vendor is so much broader than just survey analysis, which is really exciting to see. So, so are you telling us that employee experience, no, I'm just kidding, employee, we all, employee experience and customer experience both, both matter greatly. So it's interesting you'll be Thinking about that a little bit as well. That's some of what Angelina and I spend a lot of our time talking about too. Yeah, I think about employee experience as sort of two sides of the same coin, which is this, the side I'm focused on is the employee experience as part of CX and how that is a virtuous circle. There's obviously also the employee experience sort of ENPS. What benefits do you want? You know, do you like the holidays you have off? And they can be done by different vendors and different departments, but I think there's a lot of synergies in bringing them all sort of under the same house, so to say. You mentioned vendor coverage as well. It seems like all the vendors just keep eating each other. <laughs> Is this an interesting time to start covering that? It's a fascinating time to start covering it. You know, I think there is a lot of merger and a lot of sort of commoditization of surveys. That sort of table stakes now. Everyone has a really slick survey platform. Services is something that's interesting to keep an eye on. Sort of how are these vendors helping people think through a program, think more strategically? And also the APIs and integrations offering that tech support to really help clients get started because that can be a really big time-consuming piece that a lot of clients don't think about. And the analytics capabilities. You know, I'm hearing a lot more about predictive analytics. Clients want to know 
if we do X, what does it mean? It's not just chasing an NPS or a CSAT score as much anymore. People are getting a little bit more mature in what they're looking for out of these vendors, which is exciting to watch too. Somehow you said predictive analytics and didn't say AI. And that is impressive. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that. You So you, you talked about the way that these vendors are coming together. I, I know you wrote a blog about potential momentum acquisition recently. I know Medallia recently bought Decibel, which you know sort of changes what they can work together. Is that something you're going to be digging into more? Are we going to see any you know, predictions? This is what's going to happen. You can expect this company to buy. Are we going to see that from you? Can I tell the future about who's going to buy who? I'm not sure yet. I'm still trying to figure out kind of what's next in the space, but I will definitely be paying attention to who's buying who and sort of what's next in the space. As I said, like surveys are kind of table stakes now. Everyone's saying they can do text analytics. I think coming from where I come from, I see the, the combination of UX and CX being a really nice synergy and that they should be pretty closely linked. So I think the Medallia Decibel move makes a lot of sense. But as for what's next, I'm not sure yet, but I'll, I'll I'll let you know. Right. We'll check back in in a few months okay. and when you when you can do grand <laughs> pronouncements of what'll happen over the next couple of years. <laughs> Taking pets. <laughs> you and I have talked before about insight centers and you know potentially what could happen with VOC in in the future. So that you know if surveys are commoditized, if there's a lot of interest within companies on how to use this other data in predictive ways, what do you sort of thinking about there when it comes to to those insight centers? Are those going to remain siloed? Are we going to have VOC programs that are still very survey-based or is there going to be more of an evolution? I personally think there'll be more of an evolution. I think Listen, Interpret, Act, Monitor is the standard VOC model that is still very accurate and a great model to follow. But I really think you've got to go into that listen step with an idea about your business objectives. You know, why are we listening? Everyone's hoping for that white space, that aha moment, we're going to look at all of this data and learn something we never knew before. But it's really helpful if you know what you're trying to do. Are you trying to re- decrease churn? Is it a new product launch? Are you looking at, you know, websites for certain reasons? And to have sort of a framework for, your Listen, Interpret, Act, Monitor program. So when you have insights, there's an audience for them. Our colleague Maxi likes to say, otherwise you end up being like a street vendor on the corner trying to sell your insights. Anybody wants some insights after the fact, if you haven't sort of preloaded your program and embedded it into the business so that people are asking you for the insights before they make a move, it makes a lot more sense. Get your get your fresh, hot insights it's, here. Yeah, fresh, fresh, hot, hot insights. insights. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, but that totally resonates because a lot of folks come to us just trying to make the business case for VOC. And so it's all about getting off on the right foot and then delivering on that. So you get your audience and you give them what they didn't know they needed. And it's really looking at the, um, you know, Brandon has that great insights model and it has data as part of it. And so we have analyzed in the VOC model, but I think thinking about the analysis piece is bringing in more sources of data than just your survey is a really important part of this. You know, we, especially with everything being digital and even more so digital now, you have clickstream data, you have behavioral data on websites, you have purchase data that you can link with your survey data to really build out more advanced models. I think we'll see VOC programs really maturing probably at a more rapid rate than they were before just because of the digital capabilities and everyone being on digital and in-store being less of the experience. I'm a little skeptical, Colleen, and, and I'm a little skeptical because okay, I feel like these things have existed and they have existed, you know, for, for a while. And I know that there's more integrations now, you know, all the, the behavioral analytics folks have integrations to 
Qualtrics and other, you know, CFM VOC vendors. What do you think is going to make it move a little faster? Or maybe I'm just thinking about it in, in the wrong way. I might be overly optimistic. So, you know, I'm still new, rose colored glasses. I think that the vendors are pushing the space. I think that the price you pay now to bring in a quality CFM vendor. Yeah you'd almost be silly not to try to take advantage of the larger capabilities. And they're making it so much easier to take advantage of those larger capabilities. Like sure, those integrations have existed, but even in the last few years, some of those integrations have gotten much more plug and play than they were a few years ago. And there's more people with experience in the space. I think, you know, CX is still a relatively new-ish career, but there are more and more people now who have more experience with these vendors, with these integrations, with these programs. And I think all of that is sort of force multiplying towards what I hope is a faster sort of maturing of the space and the VOC programs that we're seeing. There will always be people who are just starting out and that's fine, you know, start somewhere. But at the enterprise level, I think there's some really exciting stuff on the horizon. I love that. Those are great points. And there's also just the ease to gathering feedback. You mentioned some of the amplifying technologies. I want that to be true. I want it to happen faster. Companies like that have gone public recently or are seeing their valuations go up, they really want that to happen too, since I think that would yeah. that would drive the businesses forward. I hope so. Yeah. I don't want to lose the point that all these vendors and all of this feedback is only as good as the people in the processes in the company to drive action with this. There still has to be human intervention. Someone still has to say, here are the insights, here's what it means to the business. There still has to be those conversations about how do we operationalize this? You know, what what do we do with the data? And validating that what the company decides to do with it is the right solution for the customers without sort of internal change management and internal executive commitment to acting on voice of the customer programs, they're not going to mature. So that's still a critical piece of this. And you can't just buy, you know, VOC, CX in a box with these vendors either. So you've got to think about augmenting your humans. I mean, you know, just to make a plug for design here, <laughs> is it sure. worth designing a program that people will use and, and act on? Like, is it worth? <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then also asking the right questions when you're shopping for vendors, right? So you aren't caught off guard by all the work you have to put into it. I mean, sometimes during the onboarding process, people realize they didn't buy something as out of the box as they thought. Being prepared and knowing what to expect. I mean, that's why you're here, right? You're going to help everyone. Yeah. And that's been a lot of my client inquiries to date is sort of how do we pick a vendor? How do we get started with a vendor first 90 days? You know, what are the questions we should be asking going in and really helping people try to understand that implementation takes a little bit of time. It takes some effort on both sides, vendor and in-house and going in with a strategy, knowing what you're trying to do with the vendor. So you don't just get this really expensive tech and not exactly know what to do with it because you have to, like you said, prove the ROI. Colleen. You've been getting a lot of questions lately about what vendor to pick. How do I choose? Do you have like a couple quick pieces of advice that folks listening can take away and maybe make a better decision, ask a better question? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot of interest in picking the right technology. These are big investments. So it's great the clients are trying to go into it, eyes wide open and make smart choices. I think having a clear why is really important. This gets back to that business objectives, but more broadly, you know, having a conversation with the folks that are involved at all levels of the organization about why we're doing this program, why if you're switching vendors, in many cases, it's a consolidation or an upgrade. What different outcome do we expect with this new vendor? Because if you don't 
have that conversation, you'll sort of end up in the same place with more expensive technology. I think another thing that I really suggest is, again, incorporating lots of stakeholders. If you're trying to bring the contact center in, make sure the contact center knows that. (laughs) You know, having executive support is really important when there's things that have to be done across lines of business. So making sure that you have executive sponsors who are communicating across the organization, bringing folks into the demos who have experience with your data, who will be able to see if what you're seeing in the demo resonates. Is this text analytics that they're showing us with our data? Does this work? Does this not work? Bringing folks in who know how these programs work already and how can ask smart questions is another thing I really recommend. And then understanding where your program is going is important. A lot of people are starting in one place but want to get somewhere else in a couple of years. And a lot of these programs can be expensive to run. So going in eyes wide open about what listening posts you want to have year one, year two, and making sure that you and the vendor are on the same page about how your program will grow and any price increases that may incur as a result of that growth, just so you can make a decision that will last and that you're in a growth mindset going into it with a vendor and a partnership is a really good way to approach it. So we've got the why. Why are you doing this? It's not just a survey. There's a business objective behind it. Yep. We've got the evolving stakeholders who are going to be in Impacted. I love the point about the contact center. If you're going to measure the contact center with this and monitor, they need to know. You've got folks that are experienced with the data. So maybe outside your silo of data and they can come up with good connections. And I know that's important from the data science and design research. Number four, you've got, how is this going to grow? So you're not in the same place in a couple of years. You're not getting hit with new bills, you know, sneaky price increases. Got to perform for Wall Street. So They're going to be looking for ways to drive up your spend and you need to know how that's going to actually play out. Those are some great pieces of advice. Thank you. Thanks for the summary. (laughs) Right on. Well, clearly, Colleen, you know how to simplify complex decisions and topics for us. So we're really excited to have you join the research team here at Forrester and really excited that you came on to the CX cast to share just a tiny drop of your knowledge. Would you be willing to come back in the future and share more of your research later on in the year? Yes, I'd love to. Obviously, I've only been here a few months, so I'm not that deep into my research agenda yet, but I'm really looking forward to dumping into some specifics around building VOC programs. Thinking about inclusion and accessibility is another angle I might want to cover next year. So if I get to that, I'd love to come back and chat about it. Also, how to close the loop. I know we talk about it a lot, but I really want to help our clients figure out best practices around that as well. And then probably some more research about how to run an RFP and a vendor selection project to really help clients get through that. That's great. Yeah, we've been doing sort of a series of inclusion episodes. So always looking for more. And all of those topics would be spot on. So we're excited to have you back. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Of course. And thank you everyone for joining in the new year. And until next time, thanks for listening to the CX Cast.